I got a question for you today. What's another word for taking a nap on the back of a pig? You know what the word is? Contentment. Oh yeah, I like that one. You know you're contented when you take a nap on the back of a pig. In our study of Paul's letter to the Christians at Philippi, we learned that he's writing from a Roman prison house. It's not a dungeon, thankfully. Kind of like an apartment. It's where the Praetorian God lived. These are like the elite soldiers of Rome. And Paul was daily chained to a soldier. And uh, he said, you know what? This is good for the gospel. Oh, yeah. Because every soldier's going to hear my story. Oh, yeah. Not my story, but the story of Jesus. That's why he called it the furtherance of the gospel, even though he was in a Roman prison. So in this letter to the Philippians, Paul is thanking them. He's thanking them for their care, for their concern for him. You know, it's always encouraging to know somebody is concerned about your welfare, right? You know that. Of course it is. And Paul, being in the situation that he's in, he's very thankful that the Philippians care about him. And you know why they care about him? Because they love him. They love him because they know he loves them. That's the key. They know he loves them, so they love him. See the way it works? When people know that you love them, and they should, they're going to love you back. You want to be loved back? Love people right where they are. So I think of Paul's life, and then I think of the lives of many of you that are listening today. Whether you're listening here on the radio or on the podcast later, many of you today, like Paul, do not live an easy life. You don't. And sometimes we're misinformed. And we're told that the Christian life is an easy life. It's not. <laughs> it's not. And those of you that really try to live it, you know it's difficult. Because we're living in a system that's totally against what we believe. That makes it difficult. So it's not that easy. And it's not easier than a person that's far from God either. You know, people far from God, they have it tough, but Christians have it tough too. But what's the difference? The Christian has divine resources. We all go through the same things. Loss, sickness, struggles. But the believer, the follower of Christ, has divine resources. You know what we have? The mind of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, wisdom from His Word, so these are the advantages that we have. So in your difficult times, rely on these things. Don't neglect them. Don't neglect the fact that you have the mind of Christ inside of you. And you have the power of God's Spirit. And the wisdom that comes from His Word. No. It's through these things that Paul is saying that we are going to learn how to let life be like taking a nap on the back of a pig. 
Now, he doesn't use that phrase, but it's basically the same thing. How nice would it be if we could all say what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. We're taking a chapter a day and highlighting some of the scriptures. Here's what he said in verse 11. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. So he's saying, listen, I'm not writing to you guys because I have a need. No, I've learned something. I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. The word content, it means self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. Now, in Paul's day, there was a group of people that were called Stoics. And they believed in self-determination, mastering the will, conquering the emotions. Right. You say a person today is Stoic. And what does that mean? Well, you know, they're kind of not that emotional. They're kind of more like self-centered. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's just, you know, self-sufficiency, right? But here's what we're going to learn. Total freedom of mind and body dependent depends on, well, not us, but Christ. What did I just say? Total freedom of mind and total freedom of body is dependent on no one except Christ. And Paul is using this word to describe what he has in Jesus Christ. He's learning to be content, not because he's got everything he wants, because he doesn't, but because he's got Christ. How did he get this way? How did he develop this attitude of contentment? He said, I learned it. Yeah, I learned to be content. Contentment doesn't seem to be a natural fruit of life. It's something we have to learn. It's the word manthano. It means not only to learn, but to, oh, here it comes, understand. To understand. See, what you learn from the Word of God, the understanding comes when you abide in it. It's not just head knowledge. You actually apply it to your life. That's pretty good. That's the benefit. Jesus said something similar in John 8.31. He said, If you continue in my word, is that word continue, then you are truly disciples of mine. Disciples is the word mathetes, comes from the word manthano. You're a learner. Okay? You're a student. He said, here's the result. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. There it is. Freedom. Freedom is contentment. So what we're saying is, Paul learned to be content, and that made him free. Paul was a beautiful example of iron bars do not a prison make. Because he was still free. Oh, yeah. He was still carrying out his ministry. He was preaching the gospel. Every shift, a new soldier came. He had visitors as well, always preaching the gospel. So the, the ministry was going forward. So he says he's learned to be content in whatever circumstances he finds himself in. Now, the word circumstance, it means a fixed position, right? When you're in a circumstance, you're in a fixed position. 
we are all, every one of us right now, in a fixed position, right? Every one of us. There's something going on. There's something going on in us, and that's our mental aspect of life. There's something going on around us, that's our physical aspect of life. And there's something something happening to us, that's our personal aspect of life. That makes up our circumstance. Now, there is a way to handle it, no matter what it is, but it must be learned. You got to learn it. And here's what Paul learned. And I want you to notice the contrasting situations that he found himself in. And it didn't seem to matter too much. Huh, about that. It didn't seem to matter to Paul what kind of circumstance he was in. Not like us. Oh no, we're different. We're like, oh, we're in a good circumstance. Oh, I'm so happy. We're in a bad circumstance. Oh, life stinks. Nobody loves me. (laughs) Paul wasn't like that. Paul was steady as she goes. Oh yeah, steady as she goes. This is why. Verse 12. Here's what I learned, he said. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. Paul learned something. He learned that when there's times in his life when he doesn't have much or nothing at all, he can get by. And then when there's times when he has an abundance, he can get by. It doesn't really matter, because he's learned how to get along. He said, In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret. The word secret is the word for mystery. And what was the secret? Of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. The secret is how to be content in these contrasting circumstances. How to be content when you're filled or hungry, when you have a lot, or you have nothing. And I would say that's a secret. He said, I've learned the secret. You know why I would say that's a secret, to learn how to get along like that? Because many, many people have not yet learned it. They haven't. They haven't learned how to get along in whatever circumstance. And you know how they demonstrate it? Complain. They complain. They complain, they complain, they complain. That's all they do. They complain. Because they haven't learned the secret of getting along. Oh, I, I think I learned the secret, but I can be a complainer sometimes too. I don't even know I'm complaining sometimes. I complain so much. <laughs> I gotta, Okay, this is for me. Everybody else shut off the radio. This is for me. We've got to learn the secret. You know, there are those who go about seeking contentment not by learning the secret, but by trying to fill that empty place that is discontented. Instead of learning how to deal with it, they try to fill it. See, in your empty place, what are you drawn to, to fill that void? Could be anything, right? Could be, oh, I need people. Some ladies, I need a man. Some men, I need a woman. Some people, I need more money. Other people, oh, I need this, or I need that. We all need something. But let me ask you, whatever it is, does it work? Does it last? Does it wear out? 
Does it get old? You see? The things that we use to try to fill that void, those things are not lasting. The Life Application Bible, I like the Life Application. If you're going to buy another Bible and you don't have one, get a Life Application. That's a good Bible. It'll it'll help you to grow. And here's what the Life Application Bible says. Sometimes I study it like a resource book. It says, Paul had his priorities straight and was grateful for everything God had given him. What's the key? He had his priorities straight. That's the key. Now, like Paul, your answer lies in three places. It lies in your perspective. It lies in your priorities. And it lies in your source of power. Okay? That's where your answer lies. What's your perspective? Your viewpoint. Your viewpoint toward the circumstance. What are your priorities? Lining up what's important. Everything is not equally important. Something should be at the top of the list. Something should be at the bottom. Some shouldn't even be on the list. Get those things out of here. Not important at all. And then, of course, your source of power, that's your divine enablement. You realize how blessed you are as a follower of Christ? You have divine enablement. Sometimes I like to, di- I like to differentiate between a Christian and a Christ follower. Because there are many Christians today, but they don't follow Christ. They're just like, okay, I go to church. But a Christ follower, that's different. A Christ follower learns Christ, follows Christ, imitates Christ, wants to be like Christ, submits themselves to Christ. There's more action involved in following Christ than being just a Christian. Okay? I went, that was my mouth. Verse 13. I can do all things through him, Paul said, who strengthens me. Notice what's happening here. He's got that divine enablement working on his behalf. I can do. You know what the word do means? Prevail. I like that. Prevail. It doesn't mean I'm going to go out and dig a hole. It means I will prevail through him. That my circumstance is not going to get me down. It's not going to keep me down. It's not going to defeat me. It's not going to beat me. I'm going to prevail because he learned something and he's abiding in it. So I can do all things through Christ. I can prevail through all things because Christ strengthens me. Remember, he's in prison. I'm sure there are other places he'd rather be. Maybe the beach and the Riviera. That's not a bad place for ministry. He's chained to a soldier. And yet, he's content. What's he doing? He's prevailing. Remember the Stoics? They believed in, oh, self-determination. Mastering the will. Conquering the emotions. They thought it all had to do with them. In other words, they believed in total freedom of mind, not by depending on anyone but self. Paul said, well, this is true, except my dependence is on God. That's the difference. Because I know 
That's where my power comes from. My power, my prevailing power, comes from God. He knew that. So he lived by... See, it's one thing to know something. It's something else to live by it. Right? We know a lot of scripture, but how much do we really live by? That's the key. So, because of that, Paul could face anything. Because in every situation, he had Christ. Isn't that true? He had Christ in every... Whether he was hungry, he had Christ. Whether he was filled, he had Christ. Whether he was struggling, he had Christ. Whether he was victorious, he had Christ. Here's the key. The man who walks with Christ, or the woman, I don't leave out the ladies, can cope with anything. Coping is a skill. Coping means you're not going to get kicked to the side of the road. Coping means I'm going to prevail. It might be a bad thing that you're prevailing through, but you're going to prevail. You're not going to quit. You're not going to stop living. You're not going to stop breathing. You're not going to quit on God. You're going to prevail. But what does that take? Learning the secret. You got to learn the secret of taking a nap on the back of a pig. You have to learn that secret. And then you can say with Paul, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can prevail through every situation. Oh yeah, there's bad situations in life. We know that. Bad all the time. And we're not saying God's going to make them better. But what we are saying is God can strengthen you to deal with it, to handle it. There's so much loss today. There's so much sorrow. There's so much grief. There's a lot of unfairness in the world. It's getting worse. And there's a lot of hurting hearts. Let's face it. But you can prevail. You can prevail through them all. You can cope. Learn the secret. Learn. That's all you have to do. I'm going to leave you with three steps to contentment. Okay? I try to keep it simple here. Because I'm simple. We keep it simple. And you might be simple too. Jesus came and preached a simple message to simple people. So, here's number one. Three steps to simple, um, to contentment. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, not that we are uh, adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. So step number one, it's where you look. Look to God. Okay, the secret to contentment, step number one, look to God. Second Corinthians 3, 5. See what we're doing for you? We're giving you the step, the action point, and the biblical support. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves. No, we're not like the Stoics. But our adequacy, our ability to prevail, is from God. Okay? That's number one. You can memorize these. Look to God. Number two. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money 
being content with what you have. For he himself, that's a reference to Christ, has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So now, take notice with whom you walk. First it was look to God, now it's walk with God. Okay? Or walk with Christ. And you know what? See, Jesus said to the disciples, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, in Matthew 28. But now we're in Hebrews 13, and you know what? Now the promise goes out to all people. I'll never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. I like that. Sometimes we think, well, if Jesus said it to them, it doesn't apply to us. Well, here, it applies to us. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So, three steps to contentment. Number one, look to God. 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Number two, walk with God. Hebrews 13, 5. Okay? And then step number three. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. Godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. I would say this one has to do with desire. Desire God. Is desire godliness. So step three, desire God. Now look how easy. The secret to contentment. Look to God. Walk with God. Desire God. And kick in that desire when things are working against you. You say, oh man, my life is going south. Then kick in that desire. Ramp it up. Ramp up your desire for God. Look, walk, and desire. All toward God. That's the three steps to simple contentment. And I would say contentment is foundational to spiritual growth. If you want to grow... You gotta be content. Another aspect of contentment is to be relaxed. You know, when you're relaxed, you can do more. If you're relaxed, you can play an instrument. If you're relaxed, you can swing a baseball bat. If you're relaxed, you can think more clearly. But when you're all tensed up, oh, everything's stiff. Things don't want to move. But when you're relaxed, oh yeah. It's so much easier. So contentment or relaxation, in this sense, is really foundational to our growth. We need to really work on being content if we want to grow spiritually. Maybe sometimes we work on the wrong things. Maybe we're trying to, you know, assemble the roof, but we haven't even established the foundation. Got to get the foundation. Contentment. See, Christianity works because it is rooted not in self, but in the divine. Christianity is is divinely inspired and divinely empowered and divinely led. That's why it's all about look to God, walk with God, desire God. There it is. Our resources must come from something outside of ourselves and something bigger than ourselves. Our personal resources don't get it done. We don't have enough. So we need to go beyond. And where do we go? We go to God himself, the Lord Jesus. This is why it's so important to live for something outside of yourself and something bigger than yourself. I say it all the time. Live for something bigger than you. 
And it all works for your benefit and for God's glory. And who knows? Maybe your life one day will feel like you're taking a nap on the back of a pig. You have found contentment and freedom. And now you can prevail. And isn't that what we want? I know it's what I want. I'm tired of complaining. (laughs) I'm tired of hearing myself. I want to be content. I want to take a nap on the back of a pig. I want to be relaxed. That way I can build my faith. I can, I can have a strong foundation. When you get a strong foundation, everything will go up properly. But if the foundation's crooked or the foundation's weak, guess what? Everything that's built on it will go up crooked. I, many years ago, I used to build houses and we always, we always had to make sure after they poured the foundation, we had to measure the whole thing out. And we had to um, snap lines for where the sill was going to go to build the walls. And those babies, they had to be exact because that's the first step. And if that wasn't right, everything else you did would be crooked. The doors wouldn't fit. The windows wouldn't fit. The walls wouldn't. No, you had to have a firm foundation. And that's where we start. We're learning the secret of being content. Okay. Now, next time we're together, we're going to, I think we're going to wrap up Philippians and I'm going to ask you a question and then hopefully we'll answer it next time we're together. And you know what the question is? How bad do you want it? That's the question. How bad do you want it? Well, you say, want what? And I say, well, that's why we're going to tune in next time and we're going to see. What is it that I should want so bad? Hey, thank you for joining me today. If you appreciate these messages, send me an email, newhoperadio7 at gmail.com. Love to hear from you, newhoperadio7 at gmail.com. Also, join the Hope Club. You can go to New Hope Radio Live. No, newhoperadio.com live okay it's not a dot com it's a dot live new hope radio dot live click the menu button it'll explain everything about joining the hope club you give us three bucks a week for our radio expenses and we send you a daily devotional in your email audio file monday through friday okay that's a pretty good exchange because we want you to grow too and we want to stay here on the radio and keep producing podcasts. So we need your help and your support as well. Okay? So thanks for coming along. I hope these things help and they really make a difference in your life. And uh, we'll see you next time for more.